Welcome to Oncology and Technology, a podcast from CareVive, where we're improving the lives of cancer patients through better outcomes. Hey everyone, welcome into the podcast. Today I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and today we're going to be introducing you to CareVive Systems. And first and foremost, we'll be introducing you to John Elliott. He's their VP of Sales for CareVive Systems. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Tyler. So first, give us an idea of your role. What what does it mean to be VP of Sales at at CareVive? And and tell us a little bit more about who CareVive is. Sure, sure. So uh, VP of Sales at CareVive, uh, really focus on uh, engaging health systems. Mm -hmm. We're really solving problems is our sales strategy. Uh, We really engage around solving problems in the cancer center. So we work closely with, the, from a business perspective, business owners. So, you know, the VP of oncology, even, um, you know, health system ambulatory leadership, um, nursing leadership, they're really our end users. Mm-hmm. So we always have buy-in from the nursing folks and also from the the providers. So medical oncologists uh, that are really invested in, all. everyone's really invested in the patient outcome, but they're in particularly invested in the data they can capture throughout treatment yeah. to really mitigate those high acuity events, make sure patients are staying on the prescribed uh, regimen. Um, that's what leads to the best outcome. So that's really, you know, focus in engaging health systems and solving problems within their cancer center. So tell me a little bit more about where CareVive falls in the oncology ecosystem. You know, you, you kind of got into it a little bit there, but go into a little bit more detail for us. Definitely. So, um, you know, the oncology ecosystem uh, is is massive. There's a lot of components, yeah. right? Uh, we are very much focused. We, we dabble in a lot. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're very much focused on and our core business is driven by remote symptom monitoring. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, engaging patients throughout treatment. Uh, but then on the, uh, the outcome um, really leads to data and what do we do with the data we capture and the insights that are available. Um, so, you know, for example, uh, just a small sample size of 150 patients over 12 weeks, providing over 37,000 data points. So um, a lot can be done from a big data perspective mm-hmm. and analyzing you know, practice, practice improvement, process improvement. Um, are really key. So that's where we, we fall in the practice and process improvement for the actual cancer center and for the broader ecosystem. You know, it's patient engagement. It's enhancing the patient experience throughout treatment. It's providing personalized care plans uh, for setting the expectation of their treatment, as well as survivorship care plans after treatment. So when you think of oncology from a continuum, from, you know, pre-diagnosis to all of the, uh, you know, screenings that uh, are common today, um, that's that would be the pre. Then you have diagnosis, mm-hmm. you have treatment, you have survivorship. Uh, you'll always be a survivor afterwards. You know you're still having additional imaging and lab work, and w- w- we're involved in that space because we're we're guiding the patient on where to get those services to make sure they're uh, mitigating any type of reoccurrence. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned a lot about data, and you know you have enough conversations with people across lots of different industries, not just healthcare, but. I think healthcare is is a place where you see this quite a bit is you see data paralysis almost like where there's so much data that it's almost hard to figure out, okay, what means something and what doesn't and how do we make something actionable out of this? How do you go about making sure that that's, that that's the case, that you can actually have some some insights that are actionable from all the data you collect? That's a, that's a great point. Uh, so that's really our patient experience report. So we have um, we have an advisory board. Um, and we have a team that looks at this data from a very clinical perspective to say, what are the insights? What does this mean? <laughs> oh, well, let's, you're right. It's not valuable when it's paralysis, right? <laughs> so we, that's a deliverable we have 
uh, with our customers mm-hmm. is our monthly patient experience report, monthly quarterly uh, patient experience report. And that's where, like I referenced the the, the data point and over 30,000 data points over a patient population of only 150. It's all about the quality of the data yeah. is what uh, is what really motivates and intrigues folks. Definitely, definitely. So what are some of the most common maybe pain points that you're seeing across cancer centers these days? Sure. So uh, this was certainly prevalent before COVID, but following COVID, it's really about patient engagement. So, you know, patients, uh, both the health system, the care team have the tools now for even virtual consults. Yeah. Um, And in technology, folks uh, really made an advancement. I think the learning curve has gone down. People feel comfortable using their phone. Um, You know, the patient populations, people, you know, there's pushback saying, oh, you know, an elderly patient doesn't feel comfortable engaging with their care team on their phone. Uh, we find that uh, not to be the case. Right. So that's that's really exciting because when they have patient engage, it's a we now have tools for patients to engage. So the reason it's a pain point and it's a, it's a trend is that if patients aren't engaged throughout treatment, they are not communicating their symptoms. The acuity level and the risk is much higher of them, you know, going to the emergency room because they have such severe nausea. Versus being able to communicate, you know, I'm feeling moderate nausea, mild nausea. You can see that trend. You can be proactively involved in managing their symptoms. That's a that's a really interesting point. So, when it comes to to working with cancer centers, who are you typically working with and interacting with in, in those particular cases? Yeah, so there's lots of uh, personas and lots of stakeholders. Uh, it's really, you know, from a business perspective, it's the service line leader, you know, the VP of oncology or the cancer center, the director. Um, Certainly the clinical team. So nursing uh, are really our end users. They're the ones that are looking at the trends and they're proactively managing these symptoms. Uh, the physicians are key for, for, phys- for patient adoption because uh, it's really important for the physician, the medical oncologist, to be prescriptive about using this application. So when you hear, you know, oh, this is great, but I'm not sure if our patient's going to be engaged. Um, it really comes down to the implementation science. We have a very much of a best practice, uh, really led by Doris Howell and her best practices on implementing ePros as a standard of care. It's a matter of, you know, if the physician is being prescriptive to the patient about using this application, they know someone else is on the other line, people are using it. So physicians are, are very key. Um, and I would say you know, also, you know, data uh, research, uh, research folks, because it's very much because of the data, uh, it enables a lot of research opportunities. So academic medical centers uh, certainly have an increased interest in um, in CareVive. Yeah, yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier just maybe some of the, the changing attitudes towards some telehealth and, and things like that that have been brought about by the last year and a half. But I know that, that, that COVID is not necessarily the, the area that you guys work in, but, but what trends and what overall maybe shifts in attitude have you seen over the last year and a half uh, with it being such a maybe disruptive year in healthcare. What, what has that meant for you at CareVive? Definitely. So it really has, um, I'd say, advanced or expedited the, uh, the timeline of, you know, how patients and care teams communicate, um, meaning the frequency, the medium. Uh, it has really advanced it to beyond what it's been forever, which is, you know, you go see your doctor when you need to see your doctor and you sit in the waiting room you know, there's now technology that's made that experience better f- for everybody. 
Yeah. Um, and that's certainly, you know, we, we fall in that in that bucket because, you know, we're a web-based application and folks are comfortable now talking to their physician over the computer. So if they're having a severe symptom, the care team is triggered and they can do, a, you know, an impromptu virtual visit. So that's just an example or one use case where, yeah. you know, people didn't have or the health system didn't even have the tool to to, to support telemedicine. Now mm -hmm. they have those tools. It's an expectation uh, to have that capability. So, uh, yeah, that's made a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in your experience, what, is differ what differentiates one cancer center from another? How, how do they operate differently or do they operate differently? Uh, talk us through that and maybe how CareVive helps in different ways depending on the differences in, in cancer centers. Sure, sure. There's definitely a range, you know, um, whether it's across accreditations, you know, you have the Commission on Cancer sites, uh, you have the NCI sites, um, there's a wide range of accreditations. I think the biggest distinction between cancer centers would really be the medical or academic medical center uh, versus the, you know, community cancer center. Um, and we have synergies across all, you know, like I, I emphasized on, you know, the academic organizations having that much more um, interest given the data and what they can do with that data and how they can incorporate in their own grants and their own research activities. Um, but they all, at the end of the day, all the medical oncologists out there in the field, you know, went through a rigorous training, right? They all, they all went through medical school. They're all passionate about the patient and they all want the data. It's just, have they always, they haven't always had the tool set to, that that's available today. So what's great is they want they want the data. They want the best for the patient. Even if you know one's one medical oncologist is focused on a research study, and one is you know a little more traditional, just community cancer center, and they're doing diagnosis and managing the patient, and not as research focused. They still all care about the patient outcome, and having more information helps them. Yeah. So that's I mean, where the rubber meets the road is. Is this valuable to me? Well, it's growing the patient's, uh, the longitudinal patient record. You know, having more data points in the, in the chart than just, you know, diagnosis and ADTs and when were they here last and... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're, you, as, as VP of sales, you're someone who interacts a lot with prospective clients, with current clients, that sort of thing. What are some of the... Um, maybe more frequently asked questions that you get uh, from prospective clients as they are interested in learning more about who you are and what you do. What, what are some of the, maybe the concerns they have? What sorts of things do they ask you? Sure. I mean, the typical, um, I would say, uh, maybe I would call it an objection mm -hmm. would be adoption. Um, yeah. Are my patients going to do this? Do mm -hmm. patients really, are they going to respond to a survey when we're asking about their, about how they're feeling? Yeah. Um, and the answer is overwhelmingly yes, uh, from the data. That's what the data shows. And you also see that, you know, it's, it's also, uh, oncology is a diagnosis where you have a, a significant support team, yeah. right? Uh, rarely do you have a patient going through that alone. Mm -hmm. So even when you think of the older populations, almost everybody has, you know, a son, daughter, grandchild that's right there helping them. Mm -hmm. And we see a lot of adoption from those folks because, uh, that's their expectation. They are used to using their phone for everything. Right. So, um, you know, kind of the assumption or objection of this is great, but it's only as great as if the patient's using it. Um, we, sh we show really great adoption. And I think part of that is also, you know, it's making it easy, intuitive for them to enroll and use the application, certainly. So from a product perspective, that's always been a focus of ours. But how the care team is embracing it. Once they see that, they witness that, that's uh, that's what really makes the difference. You know, when the, again, kind of back to earlier conversation, 
when the physician is prescriptive about it and the patient knows that somebody else is on the other end and hearing their and they're heard and it's actionable um, makes a big difference. You know, the other the other pain points um, we hear about or objections are how do we um, this is going to require practice transformation. This is different. This is change. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, people always aren't receptive to that. You know, you everyone gets in their habits, and um, that's easy, right? But uh, and and change is not always easy. So we've uh, really focused to overcome that with making uh, sharing our best practices, working with the industry leading um, uh, professionals on how to implement uh, these tools. Uh, within and make it as a standard of care. Fantastic stuff, John Elliott, VP of Sales at CareVive. Uh, where can people learn more about CareVive and uh, and you know check out some more um, information, learn more? That's sort of sure, thing. sure. So um, we've really been working on the content on our website, really trying to communicate the problems we're solving, the impact we're having from a qualitative and quantitative perspective. Uh, you can see a lot of great press releases out there, um, press releases, testimonials. I also point you to social media. We're fairly active on LinkedIn, always trying to share the story out there. Really just be transparent with what we're learning and the impact we're having. Um, and you could always call John Elliott. <laughs> uh, or, yeah, so I'm pretty reachable. All my information's out there on the website. Um, I'm happy and look forward to working with uh, anybody that wants to, uh, is has looking to solve these problems. Yeah, absolutely. John Elliott, VP of Sales at Care5 Systems. Like you said, you can reach out, get in touch with him. If you have questions, you want to learn more. John, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today. Great. Thanks, Tyler. Absolutely. And everyone, stay tuned for more content coming your way from Care5. Of course, we'll be back soon with more podcast episodes, sound bites, and so, so much more. So stay tuned for that. But for this episode, for my guest, John Elliott, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.